Amen. Thank you, Gary. Aren't you grateful for God's mercy, his grace, his love? He will forgive us no matter what. We have some great folks going to take our children downstairs for Children's Church. So uh, you children who would like to go can head to the back and they will take you down the stairs. And we'll see you again soon. Let's pray together here in the sanctuary. Father, we are grateful to you for this privilege to come and worship. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the author of all of all life, and you're the giver of life. And we pray now that as we come to you at the end of this year, uh, we thank you for what you have done in giving us life and all that you've provided throughout this year for each one of us, our families, our church family. And we pray, Lord, that as we open the Bible now and listen to your word, as it speaks to us, we pray it will prepare us for what's ahead. We know you're at work and you have great things in store for 2020. And we pray that you will prepare us, Lord, that we might look to you and be open and available to you for whatever your will would bring our way. We ask that you'd help us, Lord, to put our focus on you to hear your still small voice. And if there are decisions we need to make for you today, help us not to leave here until we have done exactly what you want us to do. And we will thank you and praise you for your faithfulness and for how you work among us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, let's turn to Isaiah 43 together for a few moments. Isaiah chapter 43 Verses 16 to 21, these are verses I think are, they're good for any time, but they seem particularly appropriate when you're about to start something new, and we're about to move into a new year, aren't we? It's hard to believe we're about to move into a new decade, and when you think back of what this year has brought, and this decade has brought, a lot has happened, a lot has changed. But thankfully, we can always know that God himself does not change. He is faithful. He is true. And so we have some uh, words of great encouragement. They were spoken by the prophet Isaiah, God speaking through him to the people of Israel. And, you know, it was a bumpy ride for Israel. You know, they weren't always a straight line up. Uh, they uh, they uh, were were tremendously faithful at times and they were tremendously unfaithful at times and they had good days and they had some real low valleys but through it all they were God's people and he loved them and they sometimes were allowed to go through some very difficult times but he never he never forsook them and here he is promising them they're still his people and that he had something new ahead for them and I think that's what God would say to every one of us who love him, who are open to his leadership and his lordship. Uh, we may have failed him horribly at points along the way in 2019, but God isn't finished with us yet, and his grace is greater than our sin. And because of that, he has something new each and every day. 
Listen to what he said to the people of Israel in Isaiah 43, beginning at verse 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. As we move into this new year, let's take some lessons from what God says in these few verses. First, learn through God-centered remembering. We can learn from the past without dwelling on the past. We can let God teach us through the experiences that we have had and that others have had without giving ourselves over to become slaves to the past. There are people in our country today who cannot see God at all. And they certainly don't see what God is doing now because they're too busy focused on what happened 50 years ago or even 150 years ago or last week. That's all they can see. That's all they can think about. And they don't see that there's a new thing today. And if we stay focused entirely on the past, we will miss what God has for us today. I think that's true for us individually it's true for us as a church it's true for us as a society God is going to do a new thing and one thing is sure the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God every single one of us every one of the past generations every one of this generation now there are people today who seem to think they're here to be the judge and jury for everybody else as if they are somehow pure as the driven snow. They're not. Nobody is. And our very uh, sense of pride and setting ourselves up to be the judge and jury of everybody else proves that we're not. And so it's time for us to look to God and let God show us the lessons of the past, but not let that become a sickness not let that become something that binds us and holds us and keeps us from seeing that God is not just the God of the past. He is the God of today and tomorrow, and he has something new. There's great value in remembering and learning from the past, but it should be God-centered. If you don't let God teach you the lessons from the past, you're going to screw it up. You're going to learn the wrong thing. You're going to superimpose your own thoughts and your own will and your own agenda instead of seeing the truth and being able to perceive the truth as you go forward in your life. It's God here who brings up the past 
He's reminding them that he was the God who made a way through the sea, the Red Sea. Remember how God led the people of Israel out of bondage in Egypt? They had been slaves for 400 years in Egypt. It looked pretty hopeless. But by his own power, God himself brought them out of Egypt. He was the God who made a way through the Red Sea for them to pass over and then was with them all through the wilderness despite all of their failure and their unfaithfulness. He was with them every step of the way. And God reminds them there in verses 16 and 17, Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. Remember how Pharaoh's army decided to pursue Israel as they were crossing the Red Sea on dry land. They went in after them, and then all the, the waters poured over the army of Pharaoh, and they all drowned in the sea. God delivered them. God is saying, I am the God who brought you out of bondage all those years ago. I'm the God who rescued you and destroyed the enemies who wanted to enslave you he's reminding them he's the same God today and here they were in another period of suffering and God is basically saying to them I'm not done with you yet I'm going to bring you out of this too even though it looks hopeless and you feel helpless I am the God who can make a way for you we can learn through God-centered remembering, looking at the past and the present through the eyes of God as he has given his word for us to be able to see what his viewpoint is. There are many today who have a completely godless and uh, without Christ at all worldview. And if if you look at the world without the help of God, you won't see reality. You won't see truth. And you're sure not going to know what your life should be about or what tomorrow brings for you. But if you'll be willing to open yourself to God and listen to what he says, he'll speak to you. I really believe that. Anybody who is honestly opening their mind and heart to God and willing to say, God, you speak to me. You show me the truth. God will do it. There are a lot of people afraid to take that step. Uh, they have all kinds of excuses why they won't do it or can't do it. It comes down to a choice. If you don't think God is real, then what do you have to lose? If you think God isn't really out there and he has no power, then what do you have to lose by saying, okay, God, if you're there, you speak to me. Show yourself to me. Are you afraid to do that? Are you afraid to hear what God might say, what he might do in your life? He will. He is the God who brought the people of Israel through tremendous suffering and out of bondage. And gave them a future. And he wants to do the same for every one of you.
for me, for every person who will ever live on the face of this earth. Because we're all here because God created us. We're here on purpose. And that purpose is to know Him, to love Him, to live for Him. And so if you miss that purpose, you have missed the reason for your own existence. Learn through God-centered remembering. And that's why He gave us the Bible, to reveal the truth to us, to show us Himself. We see who God is in the person of Jesus Christ. He has revealed God to us. And that's why it's important to be willing to open the pages of God's Word and let God speak to you through it. Because when, when He does, He will touch your heart. He will give you direction. He will show you the truth. And then a second thing that you can see in these verses, don't be limited by the past or the present. So God brings up the past. He's the one who brings it up. I am the God who brought you through the waters. I'm the God who drowned Pharaoh's army. So it's not that God is saying, don't ever think about the past. Don't learn from the past. But he does say, if you look in verse 18, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. The word remember, the word consider, he is saying do not be controlled by the past. Do not be dominated by the past. And that's where so many people are. They're either being dominated by their own past. They know they have made so many mistakes and life has brought a lot of hard things their way. And they're so focused on that that they don't think there can be any future for them. Or they're dominated by somebody else's past. They're not really looking at their own past. Sometimes they don't even admit they have one, which we all do. But they're still dominated by somebody else's past, what they have done, maybe what they did to you, or what they didn't do that you thought they should have done for you. And they can't get over it. And they won't go around it, and they won't go past it. They're just dwelling on that past, and it's like a prison. It's become bitterness. It's become anger. It's become rage. They just won't let God show them what's new. Let's not let that happen in 2020. If you think you're the only one who has been wronged, or the only one who suffered. You're blinded. Because it's, that's the story of every person to one degree or another. It may not be exactly the same thing you have experienced, but everybody has that kind of a past. Things that we have done wrong ourselves and others have done wrong to us. We must not let that characterize who we are. It must not determine what our present and future will be. It's a choice to move on. It's a choice. How do we know it's a choice? Because a lot of people have made that choice. There are some that spend their whole life just focused on that past. That's all. That, their whole life is about that. But there are a lot of people who said, I'm not going to let that define me. 
I'm the person God created me to be, and he has a future for me, and I'm going to receive it. I hope you'll decide to make that choice in 2020 because God has a wonderful plan for your life. Don't be limited by the past or by the present as if God is not still alive, as if God is not at work today. Yes, God did things 400 years ago or 20 years ago or 50 years ago, and they were wonderful things. But God is not dead. He's very much alive. And he's doing a new thing in this year to come. The past for you may be great. It may be checkered. For most of us, it's a mixed bag. The present may be the same. But God is not confined to the past or to the present. He is limited only by his own holiness and by his own character. He will not violate who he is. He will never be what he is not. He will always be God. He will always be faithful. But he is always the God who is at work to accomplish his purpose and his plan. Verse 19 makes that clear. God is always at work in the world around us. That is a core principle I hope you you hang on to and you look for. God is at work in the world around you. He's at work in the lives of people. He may be at work in your life. And there's this haunting question. Look in verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. That's what God says. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? The word know there, the word perceive. Shall you not perceive it? So there's a question of whether or not we'll see what God is doing. We'll be able to perceive that God is at work. What about 2019? What's God been doing around you? Did you see it? Did you embrace it? Did you join with God in what he was doing? Or did you just go on with your own thing? I'm I'm with you. I'm asking myself that question too. Did we perceive what God was doing? Well, it's too late for 2019. We've got two days, right? But it's not too late for 2020. God's going to do a new thing. Now, by new thing, he doesn't mean he's going to, again, he will not violate who he is. He will not violate his nature. He will not uh, go against his own word. He will not do any of that. But he is still at work to do something new in your life, in the lives of people around you, to bring people to him so that they can have life everlasting, so that you can have life everlasting everlasting you know we're not going to live forever on this earth but God wants you to live forever with him it starts right here in the here and now and I hope you're ready for eternity that may be the new thing God wants to do in your life he wants you to just be willing to say Lord Jesus I need your help please forgive me I give my life to you. 
And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to take that step of faith, he will do what he has promised. He says he will forgive you. He will give you eternal life. Eternal life is a length of life, but it is a quality of life, too. It's not just existing. It's not living for self. It's opening your eyes and letting God show you who he is and what this world is here for and what he has for all of eternity. He'll open up a whole new world to you and eternity to you if you'll let him. God is always at work around us. It may be that God has new things for us to do. You may have never thought that God would move you to a new place of service or that God would give you a new kind of way of serving him. But maybe that's what God is doing. You may have thought you'd never even think about giving your life to Jesus. But maybe you're thinking about it. That's God at work. That's God speaking to you. Won't you hear it? Won't you perceive it? Won't you let God do the work that he so much wants to do in your life? He's always at work, and he will be at work, whether you're 5 or whether you're 85. It's not over for you. God is at work. Will you not perceive it, see it, hear it, embrace it? It's so easy to miss what God is doing. That's the, that's the scary thing about verse 19. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? So it's possible for God to be right in your midst at work and you don't even see it. That was going to happen a few hundred years later when Jesus came, right? When Jesus was born. The religious leaders of Israel, they had memorized the Old Testament. They prayed every day for the Messiah to come, the anointed one. And then he came right in their midst, and they didn't perceive it. In fact, they hated him because he wasn't what they expected. He didn't come in their likeness. He didn't think like they did. He didn't do what they thought he should do. They didn't perceive it. They hated him. It's possible for God to be at work right in front of your face, and not only you not to perceive it, but you can oppose what God is trying to do. That's what happened in Israel. May it not ever happen with us. We must be open to what God is doing. And not only be open to it, embrace it and join it so that we can do all we can to bring honor and glory to his name. What is the new thing? that God will do in your midst in the year 2020. It's going to be something. Let's be willing to step out of our own agenda and embrace what God wants to do. And then finally, notice that nothing is impossible for God. That's one of the messages of the Christmas story, isn't it? In fact, that's exactly what the angel said to Mary, because Mary was thinking, how in the world could this possibly be happening? And that's what the angel said. Nothing is impossible with God. And so when you start 
thinking, well, how could God do a new thing in my life or using me? How, how could that possibly happen? Nothing is impossible with God. When you start to think something can't be, you're in a very bad place because it can be with God. God can do all things. And one thing's for sure, he wants to bring good things into your life. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have a reason to live that's bigger than yourself. And he will give that to you if you're willing to perceive it and to accept it. Verse 19, I will do this new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Do you feel like you're in the wilderness or in the desert? God can make a road even in those places. He can bring rivers of water into the driest place. So there's great hope for 2020. I hope you have that sense of expectancy and joy because of the power of God. Your circumstances do not determine who God is. Your circumstances don't determine what God can do. God can do whatever he chooses. And he chooses you. He chooses life. He wants to give you life worth living. He is not limited to what we see or what we feel. He's not limited by our past or our present. He can break through it all and make rivers in the desert. And then the, it closes fittingly with God saying, you are my people. Praise me. If there's one thing we ought to do in 2020, every day, we ought to praise the Lord. Praise him. And God even points out the beasts of the field honor him. The creation itself declares the glory of God. And that's another one of those perceiving things. If you see through the eyes of God, you can see that everything in this world declares the existence of God and the glory of God. And we ought to praise Him too. We are part of His creation. And our lives ought to declare His glory. Our lives ought to praise Him. This people, he says, verse 21, I have formed for myself they shall declare my praise. They shall declare my praise. As one writer started a book here a number of years ago, <clears throat> it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about God. And that's true for all of us. It's not about our individual lives. God knows us individually. He loves us, each one. But we are here for God. He made us for himself. Just as he says about the people, this people I have formed for myself. To have relationship that we might bring him glory. And so that's what we ought to be about in 2020. And God will have so many ways for us to embrace him and to share him and to declare him. And to bring glory to his name. And so as we move into this new year. What will it bring? 
we don't control what it brings, but we sure can, with God's help, we can respond to it in the way that God wants us to, in a way that joins him in the work that he will be doing to bring good out of evil, to overcome evil with good, to be a light in a world of darkness, and to declare his glory to all people. Won't you join that, that great work of God, and bring honor to his name? Will you pray with me? We thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture that speaks to us, that challenges us, that encourages us. And Lord, you know every heart here, every life. You know us better than we know ourselves. And we pray that in these moments now that you will speak to us, help us to hear your still, small voice inside. And whatever you say to us, Lord, May we respond. May we be willing to be obedient to you, to embrace your love, to receive your grace, to commit our lives to you. And Lord, may we together commit before you that in this new year, we are going to be open to the new thing you're going to be doing. May we embrace it and be available to be a part of the work that you so much want to do we thank you and we love you and we pray in this time of invitation now that the response of our heart will be in and of itself an offering that brings glory to your name as we follow you in the name of christ we pray amen